0: This is Dane Phillips, and this is Insights, Episode Thirty Three, and today we'll be talking to Earthy, which I'm very excited uh, for the opportunity to have uh, that conversation because it's one we have not had on this show before. So I think people are going to really get a lot out of it. Uh, we'll go into the, the specifics as to why here in a moment, but uh, it is July and. Earthy is very close uh, to going to LBS top five program in the world. So very excited and uh, we're happy to get some time with her before life gets so exciting uh, that she doesn't have time to do stuff like this. So Earthy, thank you for for taking the time to be here with us today and, and really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.
0: All right. Um, so, Earthy, why don't you just to give some context to everybody out there? Can you give us a, a brief introduction of yourself so people are familiar with with you and your background, and and then that'll give them some context for the for the conversation that we have.
1: Yes, sure. So, hi everyone. My name is Earthy, and um, before going to the MBA, I worked at um, one of the consulting company in Thailand in the Rick assurance department. So, my work is usually relating to Kind of like give advisory to client relating to regulations, compliance, and internal controls, and those kind of things.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, it is consulting. Uh, Big Four consulting, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, Big Four consulting, which means you're getting to go work, work with these, you know, big global, uh, big companies. Um, uh, sometimes global, sometimes just big Thai companies, but you know, Big Four is big engagements, uh, and obviously, world class uh, uh, styles and and best practices and things like that. But you were working on the risk assurance side, which can be a little bit more technical. Um, It's not auditing, but it is, you know, more, uh, I guess, technical than pure strategy roles. Is that fair?
1: Yes. fair.
0: Okay. All right, cool. So, um, so with that kind of background, I think uh, obviously you can get into LBS and and did. So um, I think that's exciting for for people because a lot of people do come from these more technical backgrounds, uh, whether that's big fours or or other companies. Uh, But I think what's so interesting is your timeline and your approach. So let's go back, we don't have to go back that far because you kind of switched uh, approaches pretty late in the process, but let's go back to November of 2022. Um, yes. and I think at the time you had been, it's not like you had just decided I, I want an MBA, you'd been working on it for a while, but it had been a, a very concentrated approach. Um, if I remember correctly, you wanted to do one school, you had a dream school. It was like an Oxbridge, um, which is a justifiable dream school. Um, and you were working on just that one. And then, uh, you know, that kind of branched out, but it was sort of a big decision. Can you tell us about. The time leading up to November and why you were just doing one school. Which school was it, and what was the approach like?
1: Yes, so I think at that time I was focused on Cambridge specifically, only just one school because I because like before working with you, I think everything sound very difficult, and I felt very small. I don't know if I would be able to accomplish this this mba journey at all right so i think just focus only one school in that time frame maybe in november to submit everything by january it makes sense for me because i've talked with a lot of friends who who who, who don't do any consultant and they do the application by their own
0: mm-hmm. it took
1: them like two months mm-hmm. to finish an application for a school so i right. thought like because only one school it makes sense for me but it's very inefficient looking back at it now
0: <laughs> i think that's a perfect word for it and it's weird because like you said if you're you'd think if you're doing just one school that it would be more efficient right because you're just focused on on just that one thing and um that you just go through I mean, Cambridge has a ton of questions, right? But you go through questions one through seven and you answer them and you do your best. and You make sure it's perfect and all that kind of stuff and and click submit. And and like you said, you have friends that had done it exactly that way before. Um, but you do look up and realize, I think a couple of things uh, that you said are, are really cool. One is that it's actually inefficient to do just one school, which I think is true and important. Um and I think that a lot of that comes down to the interview process, because if you just do the questions in the application, you will not be ready for an interview and an interview is what actually gets you into school. So that's why a lot of people that do it that way, um, don't succeed, um, because the written application and the the verbal interview are not identical. So in order to be ready for the interview, you have to do a lot more. So, um, but yeah, doing it on your own would have definitely been tough, but I, I The other thing that I loved hearing was that you, you know, you hadn't dreamed that big. I mean, Oxford and Cambridge are fantastic schools, and I always use them the same because they're essentially equal. They are different applications with different interview styles. But, you know, they're, let's say, number 16 in the world, very famous in Thailand, really prestigious, uh, and uh, they are, of course, an exciting victory. Um, but it doesn't mean that you don't have other directions that you can go some people that are dreaming of Oxford and Cambridge, maybe want to look at Imperial or Warwick or something like that. And then of course, on your end, you can look at LBS, you can look at NCAD and, and kind of go up. Um, when you find out that people do believe in you, and and that maybe your profile is cooler than you realized, I think that's the biggest thing is, that's, that's what somebody from the outside is supposed to be able to do is is look at your profile and say, oh, wow, this is really interesting. And you say, oh, it is. I didn't know that. Right? Uh, So so that's a really great moment. Uh, So so it was a little bit of, you know, just feeling like uh, maybe your stories would be similar to a lot of people that do what you do, Uh, which, you know, if you apply on your own, they would be so, you know, maybe your confidence wasn't ultra high. Um, but also Cambridge is, it was a dream school. I mean, that, right? That's fair.
1: It was a dream school that like in my mind at that time, I think it was the, like, the, the highest achievement that I can do because mm-hmm. I, I was like almost on my own at that time.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and again, there are plenty of people listening to this that would love to go to Cambridge and love to go to Oxford and justifiably so. So it's a, it's a reasonable dream school. Um, it's just that, you know, given your profile, you you uh, you did have a competitive, uh, GMAT, you know, strong academic background. You're very smart. You're very personable. You have great energy. So, you know, it's when I met you, I I of course thought you could achieve an an Oxford Cambridge kind of a thing, but also saw that other things were possible for you. I know lots of people that have gone to all these programs in the world. And so um, so, yeah, I I thought you could kind of spread things out and, of course, still do Oxford and Cambridge, but maybe look at uh, the LBS and and the NSEAD, which are number one and two in the Financial Times. So uh, so that's a big moment for you is saying, okay, there's a different way to do this. But it's also a big decision. Especially at the last minute to suddenly go from one school to six schools, right? Yes. Um, yes. What did that feel like? Uh, and and what gave you the
1: confidence to do that? Well, I I have to say that I'm so grateful for you because the reason that I spread it out to six schools is purely out of your encouragement. Like you told me to have more ambition, which I never thought that I, I can do it before. Uh, Looking back at it now, I think I I would take it as my life lesson going forward. Is that whatever I, yeah, I will have to I will have to like ambition set the highest standard that I can go, because that will help me like um achieve a lot of things that I've never thought that I have it before that I can do it before something like that. Right. And yeah, oh, I can I tell you another story like my story, uh, yeah. school yeah so so when at that time i have to like looking at the questions by questions right and think about my entire life or my work experience and try to find the story that i think it best relating to each question even though it's not the best story to tell but i thought it was the most accurate one to answer the question oh yeah. yeah and at that point i get stuck because I remember there was one question from Cambridge asking me what was the hardest decision I ever had in my entire life and uh, what did I learn from that? And for me growing up pretty normal, I've never had like a big dramatic event happen to me before. Mm-hmm. So I literally thought that people study in the MBA program, they are maybe quite a traumatized people because they might have <laughs> <laughs> like gravity event in their life, like maybe their business got bankrupted or someone got seriously ill, something like right. that. Right but For me, I-, I didn't have that kind of story at all. So at that point, I literally thought about quitting my job. So that I have the story to tell that it was the hardest decision that I've (laughs) ever had in my entire life, which is so silly.
0: Right. But I mean, it makes total sense, right? Like you feel I mean, I love that because you're right. The question does make you think, wow, everybody that goes to Cambridge must have some super dramatic television movie worthy, chaotic a big moment because yes. otherwise how could they possibly get in right I mean that makes total sense uh from your perspective I totally 100% get that and the idea that quitting your job would would create such a moment is 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 I again I totally understand it I, I, as somebody that's been doing this for 17 years you know I know that that's not necessary uh, but I can see from the inside why that would feel that way and I And again, that's why going through this alone is just so terrifying. It's so difficult uh, because you're right. That question on the surface sounds so big. But as you learned through the process, it's really not. You know what I mean? Um, They always use superlatives, biggest, most, best, greatest. I mean, it's always supposed to be the most extreme. But any decision can be a big decision and it doesn't have to be life or death. And it doesn't, you know, maybe it's work, maybe it's personal life, maybe it's just deciding that you are going to make time for a volunteer experience. There's a lot of ways to do those kinds of things. But again, if you don't know that, that is a terrifying question. So um, that's a really interesting one to get stuck on, uh, but makes total sense. Uh, so so at the time. You are caught up on a question that you think you can't answer because you don't have any crazy dramatic stories, uh, which most people don't. So you shouldn't worry about that. Uh, and then uh, and then also it's the idea that it's just Cambridge and and you hadn't thought to look up at LBS and, and NCAD. So uh, ultra focused and just pretty intimidating because of the question. So very interesting. And then. And then, like you said, uh, a a conversation with me gave you uh, some insights into how you could approach that type of question, of course. And then, and at the same time, other schools that would be uh, a good target for you. And just, I think pretty simply like, wouldn't you like to go to LBS? Wouldn't you like to go to NCN? And the answer is usually yes, of course, but it's so hard and there's really not time. And if I can't do one school, why, how could I possibly do six? And six is the least we will do. Um, and I, I think that's a very common feeling for people that are out there. If I can't do one by myself, how could I possibly do six? And, and it's the by myself part, you know? Um, and yeah, you have friends and and you have family and they want to help and maybe they've even been through it, but they've been through it exactly one time. It's like trying to do, a a project where your data sample size is one. You know, that's not a good sample size. Uh, And it would be hard to make an informed decision. So so you have this moment in November, December, uh, where you think, okay, you know what? I can get more aggressive. I am more competitive than I realized. Uh, And there are certain ways to tackle these questions uh, that I don't need a... uh, a shocking uh, life or death moment. Okay. And then you pretty quickly in the matter matter of a couple of days, make a a very brave decision of, all right, I'm going for it. I'm going to do that. Um, Can you tell us about that process?
1: Yes. So at that point, when I start with the question that I mentioned, I was so stressful, like I have no way to go. It was such a critical a critical point in my life because I know that MBA is going to be my life-changing event and I cannot let it be like this because I have maybe less than four weeks before the deadline. So I start reaching out to friends who I know that they got into like Cambridge, Oxford or those um, cool school. And then I, I ask them like, uh, how did you do that? And everyone right. pointed out to you. That's why I <laughs> reaching out to you. And I think I remember that I approaching you in such a I think it was such a critical point because I have like less than four weeks and I know that you know that back then I was so stressful about everything right. because right. I I just couldn't find a way, like how can I accomplish this in less than a month? And yeah, so I think when i working with you in our first or second call it was such a it, it was such so it was so chill i think so <laughs> you make every you promise me that everything is going to be fine it will be such an enjoyable process that i don't have to worry about anything
0: right i yeah. know and everybody always says like Uh, it's funny because obviously during this process at any time of year, we get these terrified line messages or phone calls and they're freaking out. And I say, I say that exact sentence. I'm like, everything's going to be fine. Uh, Let's jump on a call and let's talk about it real quick. Um, Five minute phone call. And you know, somebody says it's the end of the world because of this. And I say, actually, no, it's, it's really not. Uh, All you do is ABC. We'll take care of XYZ and then this will happen. This will happen. And it's all going to be okay. Don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. And everybody just takes this, you can lit. I can literally hear people go, ah, it takes (laughs) this like really relaxed breath, you know? Um, And, but again, it's because if you've never done it, it does seem daunting or impossible, but when you've done it hundreds of times and you know how to handle these different situations, you know, it is going to be fine. And and of course it always is. Um, That's why we exist is to make sure that everything's fine. everybody i think that's my favorite statistic that we have it's not about how many uh harvard's and stanford's and lbs's and things like that it's a hundred percent success rate everybody gets in and when you have that kind of confidence you can say it's going to be fine and totally believe it you know because it's true everything is going to be fine Uh, but it's such an important sentence uh and and uh, as this definitely applies to you, but we say it to everybody, Uh, there's two main things that we sort of exist for. And one is to help people get into the best schools in the world. That's actually the easier part. Uh, And the second is to keep everybody calm and sane during that process. And that's the hard part, because this is such a big deal. And it is so terrifying. And, and like you said, you know, it's life changing. Um, And if you let that chance go, you know, it'll haunt you forever. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I definitely understand your stress level. And I'm, I guarantee listeners out there do as well. They're like, yes, I have felt that way or I currently feel that way. And, and I'm it, sure it's very nice to know that that feeling can go away. Um, and I think it really just comes down to having people that have been through it, they know the solutions, they know the steps, you know. Um, and I think that's the other thing is yeah, yours was really condensed, as you said, a four week process when this could take eight months, it could take two years. Uh, so yours is ultra condensed, but you still go through all the same steps. You don't skip anything. And I will also point out, normally we wouldn't have space for a client in uh, November or December, uh, but we have scholarship programs. And if they don't get their GMATs, they will defer. Um, so uh, PTT, SCG, Bank, they'll have people in the pipeline. But if they don't get their score they will defer and that can happen last minute and i think a spot opened like three days before we met so yeah. very so
1: lucky
0: i mean yeah i mean i think it was a perfect match on both ends so yeah. uh i'm glad you feel fortunate we definitely feel fortunate uh, to have met you and and met you at such a crucial moment uh and been able to help because i think we i would have been pretty heartbroken if, if I couldn't say everything's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, here's how how we'll do it. So, uh, so yes, it's last minute, but you can still get all the steps in, and that's the thing. Don't you can't skip anything, or it will not work. Uh, whether that's one school, three schools, six schools. So for us, it's always six, but it's the same steps. It's taking a step backwards and not looking at what was your biggest moment or whatever the Cambridge question is because that's just one question on paper for one school. But there are thousands of possible questions and in the interview, and that's what we're worried about. Applications get you interviews, interviews get you into school. Uh, and so at Oxford, that's gonna be an alum or an adcom. Uh, at Cambridge, it's usually a professor. At LBS, it's usually an adcom, but it, or sorry, usually an alum, but it can be an adcom. Uh, there's also a case study in the LBS that's really, really uh, challenging and important. For NCAD, it's two interviewers. So, uh, you know, these are the things that we're worried about. And when you worry about those moments, those big moments at the end, it makes the the other moments at the beginning actually easier. You're like, yeah, this is just one question. I promise to get through an interview in two and a half months, three months, whatever it is, you're going to have to be able to answer thousands of questions. So this one's not going to seem that hard once you get to that point. Um, And I think that's definitely true, right? By the end of the process, you can answer not just that difficult Cambridge question, but uh, hundreds, if not thousands of other questions. Is that accurate?
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. I think the most important thing throughout this whole process is to find the story that is the coolest of your. Yeah. Right,
0: regardless of what the theme is or the concept or whatever, just the coolest. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: So I actually, um, like, in my in our first call, I was so worried that I, I might be too normal person that I may not have a cool story to tell. Like, I actually asked you, like, what if by the end of this call and then we still cannot find some, like, best story of me? What are we gonna do? And then you, you told me that like, never in your entire experience that no one had no cool story to tell. So right. it's gonna be just fine. you just have to look at it from the outsider perspective. And right. Yeah.
0: No, but I love that you're talking about a two hour phone call and at the beginning, you're asking a justifiable question because most people can't figure this out in two hours. I mean, most people can't figure it out in two weeks or two months and sometimes two years. So um, it's just that when you've done it a ton, you know how to identify stories and ask good questions. I studied business and journalism. And as I told you during that first call, journalism is more important when we first start. Um, because I'm interviewing you and, and asking questions that will pull good stories out. But there's always a story there. Um, and part of it is just understanding what a story is. You know, when we start the interview class, we literally explain this is the difference between an experience and a story because they're not the same. Just because a bunch of stuff happened <laughs> doesn't make it a story. It needs to be narrative. It needs to be engaging. It needs to have a hook, uh, all those kinds of things. But but yeah, I mean. One, I think it helps to be familiar with your industry, your company, things like that. Um, having been in Thailand for so long, uh, I can guess at things and say, well, what about and didn't this happen? And didn't this probably happen? And those kind of probing questions where I already sort of know the answer. And it's ultra helpful to be able to do that because then people are, well, it's often one of two responses because we're, we're doing uh, Working on round one right now, and people will either say um, yes, of course that happened, but I didn't know it was interesting because it always happens. But that, but if it's a if it's specific to Thailand or a Thai hook. So for example, I was talking to a a woman and um, she was talking about doing family business stuff, and she's like, "But it's boring. It's an, an SME OEM. We do the same thing as everybody else does." And I said, "Yeah, but." Um, what do you, I said, just think about it. This is the first time we talked, I said, think about it. What is the most difficult thing you have ever done at your company? And she thought for a minute and I was like, we both know what the answer is. We'll see if you come up with it. But we both know what the answer is. Um, and she actually landed on it. She's like uh, talking to my dad. Like <laughs> That's the hardest part, right? It's not the idea. It's not ideation. It's when you're in a family business, convincing your dad or your grandparents is always the hardest thing. But sometimes if you're on the inside, that seems normal. But that's a really good story, especially for Westerners um, that maybe don't have the same hierarchical kind of stuff. So um, sometimes things seem so normal that you don't realize they can be cool to outsiders or um, you just haven't landed on the right cool hook. Right. Um, The right uh, angle of any given story. Uh, And you have really good stories. Um, But of course, It is challenging because Cambridge has so many essay questions that I think it does that to a lot of people. You're like, I'm out of stories. I've told you everything I have to tell, uh, because they just keep asking more and more stuff. But LBS does too. Um, Oxford, LBS, Cambridge, uh, NCAD, these are all 4,000 word applications if you count the short answers and you should. So most people don't have 4,000 words to say about themselves or don't think they do. So uh, pretty normal feeling. but I love that you, you know, changed your mind and, and realized, okay, I do have it in me. Um, in fact, I have it in me so much that not only can I do it Cambridge, but I can do these other schools as well and in a short time frame. Um, and so you jump into it and you say, all right, uh, pretty quickly, I got to make a tough decision. Yes, let's go. Um, and can you tell me about the, the feeling or the thought process between going through this, just ultra focused on one school. And again, you did have people to talk to, and I know you had one person in particular to talk to. So it's not like you were totally alone, but it was definitely different, I think, once you started um, working on all six schools and, and, and working with us. So um, can you maybe describe for people out there how it felt different and and what you started doing?
1: Yes. so when I do the outer school, I didn't do it the right way. So everything seems terrifying, seems difficult, but once I know you and I know how to make things right, it's, everything so, seems relate, relatively easy. I mean, mm-hmm. because once that we have got all the stories uh, finalized that we know what we are gonna tell to the outcome, then we can tackle every question super easy because we have a very structured way on how to approach or tackle each question. So mm-hmm. regardless of school, no matter of it ranking how hard or the reputation of the schools, uh we can we, we treat every question the same. So it's just so easy to do. And I, I wow. didn't worry at all.
0: That's awesome. I love that it felt Again, it's that it's going to be okay. And like you said, there's a strategy. There are a lot of strategies, but you know, once it, it's kind of like a, a a light bulb turns on and you're like, I get it. And you're right. It's not, I, this is how stories work and this is what we're looking for. And, and you really, I think got the, the strategies really quickly and, and bought in and, and that of course made it so much easier. Uh, But the other thing that's interesting that I forget is you said the ranking doesn't matter. For the, for the question. And of course it doesn't, right? Like you should approach Imperial the same way you approach LBS. <laughs> because, exactly. you know, and I never thought about people that you people might not, you know, uh, but if you're doing this on your own, I think that's a natural thing As the higher the ranking, the harder you work on it. And the lower the ranking, maybe you don't spend as much time on it. But we would never do that. Because all questions are equally difficult. And they have the same strategies and same nuances. And um, and essentially what you're referring to is uh, the idea of a core of having, these are the best stories I have to tell, and I want to tell them no matter what. And that completely changes the process. It's it's proactive versus reactive. And reactive, which is read a question, answer a question, is, as you pointed out, ultra inefficient. <laughs> it is not the way to do this. I It might seem, uh, I don't know, natural that that's what you do they ask you a question you answer a question but it is definitely not the most efficient most effective way to do this so a better way to do it uh, which is what we did is just get to know you and just say all right let's put cambridge aside for right now let's not even worry about the schools what are the coolest stories you have to tell uh and then once you figure those out with no questions in mind just is it cool when you figure that out and you're done with that, then you start uh, tailoring them to the different questions for the different schools. And it is a very, very different process and experience. Um, and and I love that you said e- each of them is just as important as the last. I think that's that's true of different schools and true of different questions. You know, the first question so LBS, for example, they, they're smart. <laughs> they used to have seven essay questions. Now they have one, but they have the, they're still the same questions. They just moved them from the essay into the short answer because a lot of, uh, well, two things, consultants tend to not work on short answers. Um, and then if people are applying on their own, just the word short answer will b- make them, uh, let their guard down. They become a lot more relaxed, like, oh, this isn't as important as the essay. But of course, it is. Every word is just as important as the one before it. It doesn't matter what section it's in, what the question is, uh, whether it's the first word of an essay or the last word. they're all equally important. Um, and once you start approaching it that way, uh, I think it it is definitely more effective. But I love that it something that's better can also be easier, you know, because yes. we always think better must be harder, but unnecessarily.
1: No not at all it should be easier and more effective more efficient as well right i remember you always tell us something about like it's not about answering the most accurate answer but it's more of like find a way to tell the story something that the adcom is looking for so maybe can you uh, elaborate a little bit more on that like yeah
0: Yeah. Again, thank you so much for that, because this seems so obvious to me and normal to me. But yeah, I think a lot of people, they sit and they look at the essay questions and they say, "Okay, I have to answer that question 100 percent. Right. That's all they care about. Uh, Cambridge used to ask your favorite book and you have to talk about it for 400 words. Well, that's not that's not an effective story to tell. Right. And um, so what we do is we sort of rethink the process. And understand that in application, every question is asking the same thing, which is, who are you, right? What makes you you? Um, Are you good at your job? Are you an interesting person? Are you going to be a good classmate when you're here? Uh, Are you going to be a good grad, a good alum? Uh, Are you you the smartest person in the room? Do you work well with others? Do you lead from the middle, from behind, from the front? Uh, Do you have hard skills and soft skills? That's what they want to know. They just all have different ways of asking. You know, and the uh, the analogy I give to people is it's like going on a first date. Everybody's going to ask different questions, but everybody wants to know the same stuff, right? You want to know, are you nice? Are you cool? Are you calm? Are you a good listener? Um, do you care about your family? Like we all want to know the same things about somebody we meet. Uh, we just ask different questions, but the questions are just excuses to tell stories. Is is basically the message there. And um, and I think that's true of everything in life, right? So uh, there are lots of uh, books out there about how to have small talk and how to do this. And I know some people love dinner parties and, and uh, conversations and some people, it stresses them out so much. But if you rethink it and you realize everybody just is trying to understand the same things and they just want a story that shows it, right? Show, don't tell. Um, that that's what we want to do. And, and so that's that's the process that you're talking about, which is I, I don't really care exactly what the school asked. What I'm more interested in is the subtext. What does the school really mean? What is it they really want to know? So if we go back to your question uh, of what's the toughest decision you've ever made? And then, of course, they always add the second part, which freaks everybody out. Kellogg does it a lot, too, which is what did you learn? That's at the Kellogg questions are funny because they're only 450 words and they have like seven parts you know uh, what did you do? How did you respond? How did they respond? What did you learn and how has this changed you in your life? And you're like I can't answer all those questions. Um, and so you can't. you really have to tell a story in which those responses exist as opposed to just directly answering each question. Uh, so as far as difficult decision and what did you learn, they just want to know, how do you handle pressure? How do you handle options, right? Whether that's binary to there's two options—or there's ten options, and they just want to know how do you uh, evaluate your options? Uh, how do you weigh risk? Uh, in fact, it's really a, a very good way to get to know somebody because if you ask somebody about making a the decision, they could just tell you about all the good things, good outcomes about. Each decision, right? But if you asked somebody else, they could only, especially you come from risk, right? You could just talk about the risk of every possible decision. And both are valid. But it does tell me, are you a glass half empty or a glass half full kind of person? Obviously, you, you should do both. You should evaluate opportunities and risks. Um, and they should both play a role. Uh, and so it's a good question because if people in, uh, accidentally tell you a lot about who they are. In fact, when I read, oh man, when we do interviews for SCG or uh, K-Bank scholars, we do their, um, we do both their scholarships, young scholar and general scholars. So people like you that have already gotten in can apply for the K-Bank scholarship and, and we evaluate, I think we had like 50, 55 people this year. So these are people in your situation, your age, and you're asking these kinds of questions. And they will accidentally tell you stuff they definitely did not mean to, you know. Uh, And so it's things like like I just mentioned, which is, are you a glass half full person, a positive person that's looking at just the good stuff or are you looking at just the bad? Are you somewhere in the middle? Um, But that's what we're ultimately trying to tell them uh, in that essay is how do you weigh options? How do you make decisions? And then do you reflect on it afterward? And has that you know changed how you operate? Although I will say, for us at least, the story is much more important than the reflection. Uh, I think a lot of people spend way too much time on the reflection uh, when the story is the really interesting part. But, uh, but that was a yeah great question. So is that what you were referring to as far as like how to do this? Awesome! I love it. That's great. Um, People, it's funny, when we first started this, we called it five and five, I would ask the person five questions, they'd ask me five questions. But of course, you know, we want to get to know the uh, the guests more. So we have stopped doing that. But, uh, but that's a really, really good question. So, all right. Uh, Okay. Uh, why don't we take a break because we have been talking for a while now we're right at the 36 minute mark so we're going to turn this into a two-parter uh we'll post it as two different parts so uh for everybody out there we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with earthy for part two